So now on the Innovation Show, we welcome Gisela, houseman, Amazon, e-commerce expert, and of course, email expert. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Aidan. I'm happy to be here. So can we talk, before we go into the Amazon world, could we talk about your expertise in how to write an email to unlock sales or unlock a meeting or to, to just get to meet somebody? I analyzed 100,000 emails. And uh, even though people say you survived that, I enjoyed it because it gave me an opportunity to really hone down what works and what doesn't work. Like for instance, and, and this is now really something very simple. Don't write hi. Don't write hi, Charlie. The second you write hi, Charlie, you're putting yourself into the same drawer, if I may say so, as 80% of other people who also write hi. You look boring. You look like everybody else. What difference does it make if you write hello, or good morning, it's just a few more letters more, but what an impression it makes. Uh, picture Charlie sitting on his computer opening all his emails, and there's, hi, Charlie, hi, Charlie, hi, Charlie. Good morning, Charlie, how are you? Bam, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple, really. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, bit, it's a bit of care, isn't it? It's like um, they say when you can detect if somebody's smiling when they're on a call or if they're happy. Because exactly. they sound different, and and I I do I be, I believe absolutely Gisela that your your tone comes through on an email. If you do take a little bit of care, it comes across in a big way, and you, and you're absolutely the 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 exemplar of that. Yeah, but beyond that, there is something even more important. If we are really truly and honestly honest, I mean we're really honest to ourselves. It's like being naked in a room, and we admit the real truth. Most of us hate between 70 and 90% of emails in our inbox. We just hate them. We hate them the way how they're written, what they say, what they want us to do. We just hate them. So every time you say somebody hates something, of course, there's the option, but what does this person like? The person likes the other 10 to 30% of emails. And as this person starts their day, what email are they going to work on? The one they hate or the one that you like? And there you go. So if anybody, doesn't matter who it is, a college student who is seeking an internship or funding or a professional who seeks to advance in the company or make some business, tries to be that one guy that's in the 10 to 30% in the like group, your chances of succeeding are so much higher because... All of us want to help the 10 to 30% and somehow get rid of the 70 to 90% yeah. magically. So that's the recipe for success. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny like because in an age where we're coming to of artificial intelligence, where a lot of kind of rote tasks are being taken over by, by um, artificial intelligence, you you need to be able to stand out in that world, and and we talked exactly, on, yeah, and we talked in this this uh, show before about the the importance now of emotional intelligence, empathy, creativity. But this is something I have to admit I overlooked actually, because in a way people kind of go, oh yeah, well my inbox will be looked after by an AI now, but that's not the way to go because you need to stand out, you need to be the signal amidst all the noise. The funny thing is it works with everybody. In March on Pi Day, 3, 14, 16, I won the uh, Sparky Award for Best Subject Line. And I won by being able to prove that my emails were read by famous people such as 
Cis got in and Mark Cuban and replied to within half an hour. When you talk about people like Cis got in and Mark Cuban, they probably have 95% of emails in their inbox, which they hate because it's always the same thing that people want for them. Are you going to show up? Are you going to donate? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? So if you just set yourself apart from that 90, 95% crowd, you have a, an awesome chance of succeeding. We'll move on from the email now because you're, you have a huge expertise in the importance of, of good reviews. So we live in a world of reco foundations where marketing in the past would have covered up the fact that a product might be average. And now products need to be better and more user designed than ever before. But that's only half the task. Then you have to actually have the public, true user-generated content, essentially true recommendations or recommendations online, create reviews that are authentic and unbiased. And that in itself is another skill that you've really honed. Yes. Well, the truth is, uh, if, if we go back just a little bit in time, the first ad newspaper ad was produced in, I think, 1880 or something like that. And once that first novelty was worn off, people realized that whoever could buy the biggest ad could push his product, whether it was good or not. I mean, it's that simple, yeah. right? And if we just think about that Mark Twain couldn't find a publisher, well, um, he wasn't in the position to push this, right? Yeah. That, that goes for book reviews. So... Uh, people did not necessarily trust newspaper ads in that sense. But here it goes. Then comes what Seth Godin calls the TV industrial complex. It's basically us sitting in front of the TV set, wanting to relax, and somebody who has enough money is going to interrupt our recreational time now with an ad. And of course, we don't like that because we wanted to relax and we didn't want to hear about whatever this person wanted to tell us. So here is um, uh, a discrepancy between the need of the buyer and the need of the seller. When the buyer has the need to learn something, they can't see enough advertisements and uh, reviews and information. But when they don't want to see it, then they don't want to see it at all. And this is where the online review comes in. And I personally think that Steve Bezos is a genius that he invented it because let's say I want to buy a new lawnmower and it is 11 o'clock at, at night. Nobody's going to show me a commercial for a lawnmower right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I can go online and read everything I ever wanted to know about lawnmowers. Beyond that, I can pick who I'm going to believe. I don't need to believe some master gardener who maybe gets a kickback for recommending a certain lawnmower. I can believe Joe Smith from around the corner who said, I bought this and this works and my lawn is 50 by 60 feet and I can mow it in 15 minutes or whatever, right? So we want to have the freedom to A, find out about products whenever we want to find out. And on top of it, we want to have the freedom of believing who we want to believe. The fact that a product has a bad review doesn't necessarily create a problem if the buyer decides that the reviewer 
is horrible or impossible, right? We want to pick whoever we want to believe. So that means that people who want to sell their products need reviews. They need to as many reviews as possible because the more they have, the higher the chances that the buyer finds the person who they want to believe. Somebody once said, if a person goes into a car shop, 70% of them want to buy a car in that particular lot. If they walk off, it's the seller's fault. It's the same with us going online. Let's say I heard about a particular lawnmower. I want to buy this lawnmower. has 50 reviews. Three are bad reviews. And 25 are excellent reviews. I want to believe these excellent reviews because I've already made up my mind that I want that, re- that lawnmower. Right? So we find confirmation. So today... Having reviews, having as many reviews as possible assures that our buyers will buy. This influences not only the online shopping. This influences even the shopping in brick and mortar stores. Let's say the college student is taking out his girlfriend. They hit the store. She wants to have a certain dress or some jewelry or what have you. While she's still looking, he's already scanning reviews on his smartphone. Shopping at a brick-and-mortar store is not excluded from that. You have now tendencies, for instance, Home Depot has come up with a great system. When you stand in front of their shelves and you're looking at any kind of product, they have a code number there. You go on your smartphone, you type that code number, automatically pulls up the reviews that this product has received from the Home Depot site. This is, so to speak, a real-life experience for the Amazon review because the customer looks at the product, looks at the reviews, and then can put the thing into his shopping cart, just like the customer would do with Amazon. Yeah, and it's funny because we've seen, you know, Walmart invest in any tailor recently with $3 billion in the in the U.S., but also we've seen Amazon open uh, real stores, so retail stores, and it just shows the importance of both worlds. So the 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 virtual e-commerce world and the bricks and mortar store being together, and and it's almost like what we have seen in the past is the the retail stores, the bricks and mortar stores, have struggled to become technology companies. While Bezos, the genius that he is, created Amazon as a as a, a technology play. And then is now going, it's time for me now to create an experience, an experiential experience for people. I mean, I'll bring an example from my personal life, okay? My my mother, uh, when my mother had her first two children, her mother-in-law, my father's mother, gave her Dr. Spock's book. And Dr. Spock was the leading uh, children's pediatrician at the time. And he was always like, Dr. Spock, Dr. Spock. Well, my mother happens to hate Dr. Spock. <laughs> and one of the reasons is because my, her mother-in-law always asked if my mother did things the way how Dr. Spock suggested. We humans do not want to be dictated who we want to believe. We don't want to be dictated who is the expert who tells us what to do. We want to make our own decision. But of course, we need confirmation that we're doing the right thing. And that's where the online review comes in. Absolutely. And, and you, you gave me some, some uh, tips that I, I, stuff I had never thought about. So if my product, 
So, so say I'm, I'm based now in Ireland. Our our local uh, mm-hmm. Amazon is Amazon.co.uk. So when I when I go and I go, okay, I need to send this out to some people to review, or if that's how it works, I'm not sure. Or else, I, I, even better, I get authentic, very good reviews. But I I also then uh, then the next thing my product goes international. I have to think about all the other. All the other uh, worlds as well, all the other parts of uh, Amazon. So I need to think of the dot com, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and uh, that totally changes the game, doesn't it? People will get bad reviews for their products. Somebody who didn't like it, somebody who couldn't get it to work, or anything of that nature. The best way to counter a negative review is to get good ones beforehand, because. If you have 10 good reviews and one person smacks a bad one in, well, then obviously this was the person who didn't understand it or the lone person who didn't like it. So, in other words, getting starter reviews eliminates all of these problems. Now, when we're looking at starter reviews, who is going to give them to us? Experts, people who are interested, and they are, of course, the Amazon top reviewers. An Amazon top reviewer will write a good review. He won't just write, liked it, or great product, or stuff like that. He will go into some detail. So these people need to be contacted. Now, you live in Ireland, and you um, uh, are in the Amazon.co.uk system. Yes. So if anybody, a customer, an acquaintance, or a top reviewer, reviews on Amazon.co.uk, that's all the people who see it, people who go to Amazon.co.uk. And in my book, I analyzed this actually for Panasonic. Panasonic has a, a nose hair trimmer that sells like crazy in Japan, like crazy. <laughs> this product has over 1,500 reviews. Beats me. What 1,500 people have to say about a nose hair trimmer, but I swear it's the truth. So these reviews can only be seen by Japanese people. You look at the same product in the United States and it has one review. And if you in the UK look at this product, that is the only review that you see, one review from the US. Wow. If you don't research, you have no idea that this is the most popular nose hair trimmer in Japan, yeah. there is. I know and few, obviously I know, a good product. I know a few people who could do with that, Gisela. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's just a funny example, and it's particularly interesting because it's Japanese. So why does Amazon not show these Japanese reviews to anybody else? Because nobody can read them. If we were talking a French product, let's say some French wine, well, not too many people speak French and can read a review uh, about wine because it asks for special vocabulary. So th- there's professional reviewers. That's that's what they get. And who are they? Who are they paid by? So they're not paid by anybody. So they just they're just absolutely driven by this. It's almost like being a blogger. That's just loves yes. doing this. But well, they get the product for free. Yeah. They have to be treated with respect, and they have to be asked what they want. And there are some reviewers who have special interests. Like, for instance, in the United States, we have a reviewer that reviews every single uh, pet product there is. It doesn't matter whether it's a dog ball, dog food, dog, whatever. She reviews it. 
And her agenda is that she reviews the product. She can't sell them. That's what Amazon's rules say. You can't sell what you get. And then she donates the pet product to a local shelter. Wow. So that's her incentive that she does it. And people do it for various things. You have like technical experts who are in videotaping, for instance. If they would buy all the products, it would run very costly. It could be a costly endeavor. So they're top reviewers. They get all the new stuff. But of course, the company who sends them the product gets now the number one expert to talk about this. And that's a good thing for them. Yeah. So it's if you want a working side by side, but getting back to the Japanese, Amazon, of course, is aware of this problem. So what do they do? They show the reviews from the U.S. side to everybody because 80% of our customers speak English on a working level. It may be their second language, but they understand it. Yes. So if you are now uh, a producer of any goods in the U.K., Yes, you should try to get your reviews in the UK. But if you get reviews in the United States, they will be shown below the UK reviews on all websites from Japan to Brazil. So let's say, for instance, you want, you have your product established in the United States, in the United Kingdom. You get, let's say, 50 reviews. You may be selling this product. You want to expand the product and also sell it in Germany and in France, which is very close. I mean, it's not too far of a shipping distance, right? Rather than going to the German and French reviewers, you contact American reviewers and send them the product. And if they review the product on Amazon.com, the same review that you get from that U.S. reviewer will be shown in the U.K. in your home country. In France and in Germany, one swat with the fly swatter catches three flies. And of course, if in the future you expand to Japan, that same review will also be shown in Japan. It's like I remember when Facebook first started, people started setting up kind of private pages rather than business pages, etc. You know, th there was a lot of wasted effort. And what you're doing is is teaching people a like because when I, when I kind of when I was looking at your expertise. They're very much interlinked. I mean, the first thing is to contact the reviewer, which is exactly. the essential email, the way the email's written, this kind of no jackass rule that like, I'm actually a, a nice person. Uh, this is my product and how to actually even communicate that in a really nice way. And then the follow up review. And it's, it's, it's really nicely interlinked. And I can totally see why you, you have these two uh, really nice synergy, the synergy between these two skills. It totally makes sense. Well, it makes also sense of, a lot of sense for authors. Uh, there are a lot of very active British authors. They should actually not try to find reviewers in the UK. They should try to find reviewers in the United States because they help them in the entire English-speaking world, which would then be Canada, the UK, the US, and Australia. Yeah. So th that's the deal. The thing is only when you contact these reviewers, and I have a lot of experience with that, most people write the wrong stuff. Like, for instance, they will write, I found your name on the list of Amazon top reviewers. And my response is always that I want to say, get out of here. Don't you think that I know that I'm there? When you really contact these reviewers, these are people that don't tolerate any nonsense. Don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about them. 
talk about your product. This is the best dog food dispenser or uh, keyboard or what have you. That's the only thing the reviewer cares about. The reviewer doesn't want to date you. The reviewer doesn't want to <laughs> visit you. doesn't want to hear how you've learned about him. All he wants to know is this a product that's interesting to me. And so that's what uh, professionals need to address. It absolutely makes sense, Gisela. And the title of the book is? All my books are naked. And there is a reason for that. I wanted to express, I'm not writing any blah, blah. I'm giving you what you need. I know you don't have time because you actually just want to learn what to do yeah. or want to get the inside scoop. So I'm going to deliver this naked. Somebody has once friendly said, has once said about me, Gisela doesn't use any adverbs or ad adjectives. <laughs> she gets to the point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how I write. So I have my website that shows all my work is gizelahausman.com. When you work your way through the list of reviews, and my book describes how to find these, uh, find people who really want to review the kind of product that you have. Like I get review requests for children's clothes. My children are 23 and 24. They wouldn't wear what I buy. Find the right person. It doesn't matter whether that particular reviewer is ranked that high or not. Find a person who likes what you produce. Then put all your effort into getting this person to say yes. Write a tailored email that focuses on your product. Explain why the reviewer wants to see this. Very often, I see this with authors. They write me things like, I saw that you wrote, that you read the book XYZ. And so I'm thinking you're going to want to read my book too because it's similar. Heck no, I already read one book. I don't want to read a similar book. Tell me what's new about your book that I haven't read yet. Yeah. And the same thing applies for products too. There are a hundred different dog leashes and what have you. What is What can yours do that I haven't seen? Because as soon as people try to focus on that thought, they're going to produce an email that will entice the reviewer to review the product. And that's what counts. And then there is another thing that I want to say. Once your product has review, brag, brag. Say, my product has 150 reviews on Amazon. Just say it, uh, because what happens is people will go to Amazon and look, we're naturally curious, right? So as soon as somebody says, I have 150 reviews on Amazon, they go there and look. Well, guess what? They right arrived at the spot where they can click it, where they can buy with one click. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's brilliant and it's it's brilliant advice and you know what like as I said to you it was the reason I reached out was it's something that I hadn't you know I just overlooked and it's so important and it you know for people to get in early it's 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 a shame I always just think I hate to see wastage when somebody's trying and they just overlook something so important as a the communication via the email and then the the ever increasingly important element of the recommendation on the on the different e-commerce platforms. If you use Amazon and all its marketing features that Amazon offers you, you will boost your sales. And not only at Amazon, but also everywhere else. 
because I mean, let's say you are in charge of your own uh, so, uh, that you supply your vendors. But for heaven's sakes, print the sign and say, we've got 50, 150 reviews on Amazon and place it next to the product. Yeah. So here is the guy visiting the store. He sees the sign. He's going to look up the reviews on Amazon and he's going to buy it. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. No, it's and it is. It's, um, we're seeing this more and more where the two worlds are co colliding and becoming the same world where it's it's no longer digital. And, uh, you know, I see it a lot with strategies. So we're going to go, oh, what's my digital strategy? And you go, no, it's what's your strategy because digital should be intertwined into that strategy. There's no more, there's no such thing anymore of separating them both. Let me just add one thought. I think essentially is that people stop thinking of Amazon as their enemy and think, oh my God, you know, they're taking all my business or they're doing this or that and that. Amazon ain't going to go away. It doesn't matter what we do, they will not go away. So the smart idea is to think, how can I use this Amazon that's already here for my purposes? Yeah, we we call it, actually I talked the same about uh, publishing and Facebook and the different platforms because people go, oh, Facebook is my enemy, and you kind of go, it's actually your frenemy. <laughs> so it's your friend and your enemy because it enables you to reach your audience, and uh, we have to embrace the frenemy because they have done a great job of creating a platform, and we need that platform. Exactly. Gisla, it's been a pleasure and thank you for, for uh for your time. Really appreciate it. And people can find you on your website um and on LinkedIn. And you are an Amazon e-commerce expert and an email evangelist. And thank you very, very much. Thank you very much.